The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. How you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy in talk. Thank you for listening to us and watching us everywhere that you can find us. And we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, Today, we have somebody who's never been on the show before and somebody who is new in his position. We're very excited to have him on to talk about the issues um, that he is going to speak to us about today. I'm very excited for him and his new uh, position, new chapter. Uh, We have USW Vice President Louis Mendoza. Vice President Mendoza has served as International Vice President of the USW just since last summer of 2023. And before assuming that office, he served as the National Paper Bargaining Chair for four years, overseeing bargaining for more than 550 locals and 30 bargaining councils. And as International Vice President, VP Mendoza has been responsible for all facets, will be all facets of the USW paper sector. And that includes bargaining, safety, trade, legislative issues, global solidarity, and organizing initiatives. As always, if you want more information about all that the USW does, because they're not just steel, check out the website, usw.org. Follow them on X, formerly Twitter and Instagram at Steelworkers, and on Facebook, like them there at facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. More than a pleasure to have you with us, Vice President Mendoza. Um, Thank you for joining us. And uh, happy Friday and congrats, even though it's been uh, a few months on the new position. Good to have you on the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, um, it's it's an honor, actually, to be uh, on your show. So super excited. Oh, good. We're super excited, too, and an honor, uh, likewise, to have uh, you with us. You know, a lot of people think of the USW and they think of steel. It's in the name, right? Um, and that's why I think it's good to do USW, even the United Steel Workers, because the workers are across so many different industries. And of the many industries where USW members work, one of the biggest, I understand, um, is the paper sector, representing approximately 90,000 workers, right? I mean, I mean that, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's a lot of workers. Um, and since the onset of the pandemic, um, these workers have made groundbreaking advances in specific areas. And I wanted to uh, start off by talking about some of those today. Um, Tell us about some of these groundbreaking advances. Let's start out maybe with promoting workplace health and safety uh, since the onset of the pandemic within the paper sector. Promoting the health and safety for us, I I know for me, is our number one priority. I know that everybody, you know, wants to improve their, their, their wages and pensions and, you know, but, but, Working conditions for us has to be and will always remain the the number one uh, piece of how how we bargain uh, and promoting workplace safety. That's super important. We, and we've made a lot of strides over the last, uh, I would say, six years. You know, looking back, and and I know that now I have a, a larger responsibility uh, for the whole sector. But looking back at at 
the work that we've done over the last six, seven, eight years, we've, we have come full circle on, on safety. Um, I would say not even five years ago, maybe six years ago, we, we had the largest amount of fatalities in our union. And we're a very diverse union. We have glass, rubber, steel, paper, um, oil. So, so you name it uh, as an industrial union, we cover it all. And, and in the paper sector, we, we had the most amount of fatalities. So we, we had to dig deep to kind of restructure how our safety programs work and, and how we improve our outreach. And, and honestly, we, the, the um, partnerships that we have developed with the employers that we work work with over the next uh, over the last couple of years ha- has improved significantly. You know, when people, you know, listening today, you know, hear about workplace health and safety and you talk about fatalities, um, does this largely come from equipment or unsafe working conditions? Um, you know, we, we've learned that it's both. I mean, we, we have taken a, a um, we've taken a turn for the better on, on guarding and, and different safety measures um communications and, and working collectively with the employer but but also with local committees who actually are there on the site to do the work so um yeah and let's talk about economics because i i know that since the pandemic uh, within the paper industry specifically um you and the workers in that industry have advocated for economic security can you speak to the economic yep. security piece of this puzzle Sure, sure. So, so, so the the economy since since COVID came in has been extremely hard on on the working class, right? Um, and, and for the last few years, we we have felt like the, the wages that we're getting um, or the increases that we were getting have not matched the 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 cost of living out there. So, so, and we've been kind of in a in a different arena for for the first time in my career. Um, and I've been working for the steelworkers for the last 18 years. Actually, last month was my 18th year anniversary. But we we've never seen the um, the ability that to bargain good wages increases like we have in the past. So you know, yeah, COVID's been COVID's been tough for for the country, but kind of has given us a different platform when it comes to bargaining economic growth for our members. So it, it's actually been been good. Um, let's let's talk about this uh, two-tiered system, a dangerously divisive two-tiered systems, and how it's important in the paper industry, actually in any industry, obviously, uh, to build unity. Um, so what is this two-tiered system that's so divisive? And why is it so important to build unity? And how do you go about doing that with the workers? I will tell you that 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 since COVID, um, since the 2021, it's been one of my favorite topics, uh, the, the two tier, and only because we we have we have made enormous gains on the, on the two tier. We, I would I would easily say that we we've pretty much done away with the two tier system in the in the paper sector. Um, it's a it's an incredibly divisive topic. Um, it, the two-tier wage system in the paper sector actually started somewhere around the early 2000s. And, and the way it functions, and in the paper sector, we have 
uh, we've had a number of different types of two-tier. Um, but the company that actually started the two-tier system in paper was international paper. And the way it works is, uh, I'll give you an example. It, if Louis comes in and uh, works at I, an IP plant for X amount of years and he makes $25 an hour, they implement a two-tier wage system. Uh, Leslie comes in uh, 10 years later making $19 an hour, right? Um, as the wages increase, yeah, both sides will get a, an increase to that wage. But obviously, the wage increase on a 3% is much smaller on $19 than it is 25 right? So, so the objective by the employer is that eventually – Louis will have enough service time built in where he can retire, therefore resetting the wage structure at that $19 an hour, which is a, lo- a lower wage. And, and it's, been, it's been problematic for many years. Um, and so it's been a difficult, conver- difficult conversation through my career in the paper sector. And, and like I said earlier, COVID has been terrible for, for our country, but in my arena in bargaining, it's actually been helpful because um, it, it forced the company to identify that, you know, it's demoralizing when you have two employees doing the same job, working on the same on the same shop floor, and making that that difference of a wage. In some cases, ten, twelve, thirteen dollars an hour less than someone sitting next to me doing the same thing. So. Um, yeah, from, from an att- attraction and retention point, that that was over the COVID period. The last two years has been terrible for most of employers. So we they've been forced to work with us on on uh, fixing that two tier. And and in most cases, um, it, it's taken the solidarity of our membership to make sure that an injury. We've always taken this position, right? An injury to one is an injury to all. Right. right. Um, and, and not be selfish. Right. Uh, you know, in a lot of places we've seen where, you know, it, as long as I have mine, I'm not worried about the, the person working next to me. But hold, hold that hold that thought, hold that thought, VP sure. Mendoza, because we're going to take a quick break. And I want to talk about that when we come back, um, how important sure. it is to have the worker involvement in that unity and that we're all in this together mentality. We'll be back in just a few moments with USW Vice President Louis Mendoza. Check out the website USW.org and follow them on X and Instagram at Steelworkers Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. And we're back, continuing our conversation with USW Vice President Louis Mendoza. Once again, the website for the USW is USW.org. Follow them on X and Instagram, X formerly Twitter, at Steelworkers. And on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. Please follow them and like them there. Um, We were talking before the break about the paper sector and about specifically promoting workplace health and safety, advocating for economic security, and building unity through eliminating dangerously divisive two-tiered systems. And we were talking about some of this important work that unions, the USW specifically, and Vice President Mendoza does uh, in the workplace uh, with regard to health and safety. And Vice President Mendoza, before the break, you were talking about how important it is that workers are an active part of the workplace health and safety 
uh, plans. Uh, so speak to us about that. Like, you know, you, you know, they need to think it, you know, not just about, you know, me, myself and I, but like, you know, you're a team, right? Yes. And, and that's, that's a, a very important for us that we educate our, our, our membership to understand that we have a role to play when it comes to our health and safety. That, listen, I, I think it's, we take it very serious and it's a, it's a very important uh, topic that we have to have with, with conversations with management and in our local unions. It, it's, it's key that when people come into the shops that we represent, whether you're union, non-union management or contractors, that you go into those places and leave in the same, in the same manner as you came in, you know, uh, to your families, right? So, so we strive, and, and we've done a lot of good work. Um, we've got uh, in paper, we've got a ten-point plan system that that um, talks about full-time health and safety reps, right? Because um, if if I'm a on the shop floor and I have a concern, logically, I would rather go to one of my peers than go to a member of management, right? So they can help mitigate that, that safety concern for me. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we, we've done a lot of good work uh, over the last five, 10 years and our work's not, not completed, right? As far as I'm concerned, work will never be completed on safety. There's always goals to strive. Yeah, uh, and I, absolutely. You gotta keep, you know, moving forward, keep improving whenever at a perfect place. Um, also, how does, how does it affect at least the perception from the employer's standpoint when they see workers engaging um, about their responsibilities surrounding uh, their health, surrounding their workplace? Because no one understands um, workers better than the workers and what's happening in their facilities and how to accomplish that work safely. So when employers see that engagement, um, is that helpful at the bargaining table? Um, is, is that helpful to see the power in numbers, if you will, with the unity? It, it, that's such a great point because, um, look, it, and I'll give you an example. There's an employer that I'm currently working now with, right? This, this is um, in the last 10 years, the name of the company at the gate has changed three different times, right? And each time it changes from one employer to another, they bring different philosophies to the table um, and, and different thoughts. But our membership are the ones that actually go to work every single day. They understand uh, the environment. They understand the equipment. So having them engage in those conversations and allowing the employer to sit at the table and, and work with our members on, on different safety topics and how, how we improve those, those conditions are helpful, not just at the bargaining table, but in our everyday lives out there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, and we're talking with you about the paper sector. Again, for people just tuning in, we're talking about 90,000 plus uh, members of the USW are working in that sector alone. Um, we're yep. talking about the significant progress uh, made uh, by them on health and safety. Um, I know that one of the things that you need to do when I asked, like, you know, how, how does this come about is identifying those common trends, the common trends in fatalities and life altering injuries, um, such right. as hazardous substances, uh, falls, being caught in a machine, struck by equipment in a, a machine or or even uh, mobile equipment. Um, talk to us about some of these common trends, um, how you're identifying those and maybe some plans moving forward uh, to expand that if there are any. So we, we've got a, a number of, of um, t 
tools in, in our tool chest on, on identifying common trends in fatalities, life-altering injuries, you know, like hazardous uh, substances and falls. So we've got a number of, of communication tools because it's very important that if we learn something at one site, even though we deal with, you know, way over 100 employed, different employers, you know, th- there's common trends that we, we have to share to make sure that we don't stick to just the practice to one shop floor, that we, we, we take those learning lessons and, uh, and apply them across the sector. So we have a number of communication tools where um, we can, you know, kind of put our membership uh, on notice that there's trends to, to look out for. Um, we've got a, a good communication tool. It's called the Monday Morning Minutes, where, um, you know, we talk about the sector. It, it, a lot of times we don't talk about the company, but we talk about issues that are happening on the shop floor for, you know, a lookout or, or learning lessons so that the entire sector is aware that that we that there's a there's a trend on the way that we we need to either put the brakes to or or fix right so there's a number of mechanisms that we have in place and when another thing i want to talk about is um laying out a sector specific plan and let's break that down so one of the areas that you guys lay out and you specifically working in your role in the paper industry and as vice president at the USW, lay out a sector-specific plan um, for a, a few areas, and, and one of which is education. Um, how how is that not just important? How is that key? But how is that sector-specific plan for education laid out? So, so it's it fundamentally is one of our key items. So, I, I'll take you back how and how we put this together. So, every two years, we have what we call the uh, paper bargaining conference. And, and we we bring all of the, the local leadership from across the entire sector, believe it or not, together under one umbrella. And, and we talk about our, our bargaining strategy from years past and, and how we improve that. And, and one of the strategies that we collectively put together, um, not just me, but the entire, um, the, the entire group is – um, how we're going to collectively work on health and safety and how we're going to be able to educate folks. And one of our biggest principles upon, you know, for education is um, our health and safety committees and in each site and how we address uh, management and how we get management to come on board. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, we've got effective uh, union management committee meetings and we go out and we train um both management and our, our locals on how to work together. Um, you know, sometimes uh, they work better than others, but the, the important piece is that both sides have engagement to share in the same goal that everybody... Absol- absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Another great Vice President Mendoza will be back right after this. Uh, USW okay. Vice President Louis Mendoza is our guest website, usw.org on X and Instagram. Follow them at Steelworkers and on Facebook. Follow and like facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. We're back, me, Leslie Marshall, and our guest, USW Vice President Louis Mendoza, serving as International VP of the USW since last summer of 2023. Check out their website, usw.org. Follow them on X and Instagram, at Steelworkers, and on Facebook, like, follow them there, facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. Uh, Vice President Mendoza 
is uh, ahead of and has been responsible for all facets of the USW paper sector. We're talking about that. And we're talking about that sector with 90,000 plus members today within uh, the USW. Um, you were talking before the break, uh, and thank you for holding and welcome back, uh, uh, VP Bendoza, Mendoza. Uh, you were talking about laying out spe sector-specific plans for education. Um, uh, please continue with what you were saying. Sorry to jump in there. We had to go to a hard no, break. No worries. So, so yeah, we've, we've got um, – in our, in our sector, we, we have – the, the paper bargaining conference and we, we try to hold it every two years and out of that conference comes suggestions on on not only what our next bargain is going to look like over the next couple of years but also very important key elements that that we have to address uh, i.e health and safety green on green we also have a, a great program called raising the bar which which addresses um programs to address women's needs and, and health and safety when it comes to paper. Um, so we, we've made good strides in that. Um, and a lot of employers that we've been working not with um, have, have jumped on board um, with these, with these programs. Um, incident investigation committees, we, we kind of train our membership on what to look for or in. So a lot of it's, First, creating that harmony, and then uh, creating the engagement with the employer to make sure that we we are working collectively to make sure that we have a, a good shop, a good safe shop floor. Right, that's the important key. When when we talk about the uh, sector specific plans, you know, touched upon education. Um, I know that you have sector specific plans also for effective hazard identification for controls. Um, uh, for communication. And yes. I know that there's foundational work with labor and management locally um, through the USW's Effective Labor Management Safety Workshop. Is that workshop um, at that um, conference that you have every couple of years? Um, or is is that workshop something that, you know, is ongoing or in just one area within the USW? Uh, tell us about the uh, Labor Management Safety Workshop, because I know it's very effective, and um, especially for education, hazard ID, controls, and communication. It, it has been very, very, very good. And in the, I'd say the last two years, it, it has picked up. Steam, um, where you know most of the most of the actual employers are are now asking for us to come in. It came out of the uh, the paper bargaining conference as one of the goals uh, moving forward that we bring this type of joint training to every shop floor. So not only are we doing it at conferences, uh, we're actually doing it on, in site specifics, uh, especially those sites who, for, for one reason or another, um, there hasn't been a um, good working relationship with the two. This is kind of building that first step in order for the two sides to actually sit down and be able to work on key elements like health and safety, right? So it, it's been very important and very, very productive over the last two years, I got to tell you. Uh, it, it's, definitely, uh, it, it sounds it. Um, the U.S. paper workers, USW uh, paper workers, and more than a million other workers celebrated a significant victory. And I, I know it was a significant victory because there was years of hard work, years of advocacy, um, and we're and we're talking about you know some political uh, you know in, in involvement here. And that's when congressional Democrats were also finally able to shore up troubled 
multi-employer pension plans. Yeah. Um, so, so let's let's talk about uh, the, the the pension plans. And um, it, when I look at this, people worked their entire lives, and they stood to lose everything um, as a yeah. result of of the convergence of you know corporate greed, unfair trade, deregulation, and the financial crisis. So first, um, talk about not just the pension plans, and we'll get to the legislation that helped to save that, but talk about what these workers um, stood to lose. <laughs> they, they stood to lose everything. You know, every, everyone strives eventually to be able to retire, right? And, and retire with <coughs> dignity and make sure that they have, you know, a decent pension to fall back. These, these folks, um, I got to tell you, the Biden administration, along with the, the Democratic, Democratic uh, uh, congressmen, who were the only ones that actually voted for, in favor of this, right? N- not one Republican supported it, but the Amer- American Rescue Plan Act of uh, 2021, which also had embedded what, what we call the, the Butch Lewis Act, um, was incredibly important. I know that in the paper sector, we've got thousands of members that that stood to actually lose their pension um, and not through no fault of their own. It's just, you know, um, it, and that that Butch Lewis Act actually reinstated um, their their the pension or rescued the pension or gave assistance to those pensions that were in trouble. It, it actually it, it's put us on a platform where now uh, for the first time in many years, thanks to the uh, American Rescue Plan, we're actually able to go in and, and bargain increases to future pensions, which we haven't been able to do in 10, 12, 14 years because a lot of these pensions were in the red, right? That's been a, a, an incredibly great victory for, for labor in specific. Before we even get to the rescue plan, so some people out there hear pension plan, but they hear multi-employer pension plan. Could you explain uh, to people what those are, and you know perhaps the difference from just a regular pension plan? So, so I, I will speak to what I know of these. So, multi multi employer pension plans are, um, and I can't remember exactly how many employers belong to the example that I'm going to give you, but it's it's the Pine, uh, it's a Pace Industry Union uh, Management Pension Fund, mm-hmm. and, and that pension fund. Um, there was dozens of employers who actually paid into that for all employees. And that that pension has been in trouble for a long time. I think it's since the since the collapse of the economy in, in 2008, 2009, um, it got in trouble. And it's still not for all of its own, right? It's, the market just took a bad turn. And, you know, because of all of these unfair trade we've we've ended up losing a, a lot of these employers so the pension itself uh the the fund got in trouble and the butch lewis act stepped in right on time because we we stood to lose uh or thousands of our members stood to lose uh you know very critical protections for their retirement when it came to their pension yeah uh, you know with with without question so the american rescue plan uh, usually important because that did shore up those multi-employer pension plans. And thank you for explaining that uh, so that these workers could retire in dignity. 
Um, I got to point out, I am a Democrat. There wasn't a single Republican who voted for this plan, although um, the USW is, you know, not, you know, out there promoting one political party and neither is VP Mendoza. Um, but it was action by the Democrats in years of worker-led advocacy uh, that meant that more than a million families' futures um, are more uh, secure. And um, now we're not just seeing stability, uh, Vice President Mendoza, but we're also seeing gains in some areas that workers, uh, again, are once able to bargain increases to their retirement benefits at the bargaining table, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, we, we have... We now have the green light, which is, you know, one of the good points about the uh, the uh, American Rescue Plan is, and now that that our pension funds are in a firm position, we can go out there and bar- bargain increases to those uh, pension funds and enhance those. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with USW Vice President Louis Mendoza. Check out the website for the USW, USW.org. On X and Instagram, follow them there at Steelworkers. And on Facebook, like, follow, facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. I'm Leslie Marshall, Vice President Louis Mendoza, and I will be back with you right after this. Don't go away. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He is the USW United Steelworkers Vice President, Louis Mendoza, serving since last summer of 2023. And he served as the National Paper Bargaining Chair for years before that. We're talking about the paper industry where approximately 90,000 plus workers are within the USW in that industry, in that sector um, of the USW. On the website, if you want more information, not just about the paper sector, but the USW as a whole, go to USW.org. Follow them on X and Instagram, valuable information on their social media uh, daily at Steelworkers. And on Facebook, follow and like facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. Vice President Mendoza, thank you for holding and welcome back uh, to our last segment um, in the hour. God, it's gone by so fast. In July 2019, a guy named Tom Conway, who was the former USW president, and the late international president, Tom Conway, a friend of ours personally, professionally, a friend of the show, someone we miss dearly, all of us, and um, God uh, rest his soul and and prayers to his family to continue. Um, But when he, the late international president, Tom Conway, took the helm of the USW in July 2019, he made a promise. And his promise was that his administration would work to reduce or eliminate tiered wage and benefit systems, which you heard Vice President Mendoza go over earlier, um, you know, specifically in these union contracts. And and under his leadership, the USW has made great strides in ending one of the management's go-to divide and conquer schemes, that two-tiered system that you heard the vice president talk about um, earlier. Um, Vice President Mendoza, so that we understand, a a, a two-tiered system isn't just about wages. It can be about wages, but it also can be about health care and retirement benefits. Um, and, and that just breaks down to treating a newer worker, an incoming worker, differently than the current workforce um, that is uh, there. Um, we spoke about worker unity, and we spoke about eliminating that two-tiered system because it's so divisive. Um, so within the paper industry, because you've been a part of that for so long, and yes. as um, VP of the USW and overseeing, you know, many areas as, you know, vice president, but especially uh, this, um, you know, huge 90,000 plus uh, employee sector, the paper uh, sector, 
Um, how difficult is it to break down those two-tiered systems? And do you sometimes succeed in one area but not another? For example, can you sometimes get them the same health care but not the same wage, or you get them the same wage, not the same health care or retirement benefit, that kind of thing? So in other words, is it a system within a system within a system? Because it sounds like a very hard battle because obviously the the employer is trying to keep more money in their pocket um, by, by screwing somebody who comes in newer uh, to a factory or plant. Yes, it's a, that's a very good point, right? Because it's just not wages. I mean, it, it, and I go back to the example that I had talked about earlier. Um, international paper, we had a two-tier wage system in addition to a two-tiered pension system, right? Um, and those are obstacles, very difficult obstacles to overcome. And, and it just those those items aren't just fixed at the bargaining table. You can't go into negotiations in a week or two or three and, and fix those. For us, international paper, for instance, took us, well, it was a, it was actually put in place in early 2000s, like I said earlier, and, and we actually just got rid of the two-tier wage system last year, but they also had a two-tier uh, pension system that we also had to fix. So um, in paper, we've had three of the largest employers we deal with International Paper, West Rock, and Georgia Pacific. All of those three companies had two-tier wage systems, and over the last three years, we've been able uh, to eliminate them. And, and not because of the work that we do at the bargaining table, but the work that we do outside of the table, right? Because we've always said that, uh, an injury to, to one is an injury to all. And, and to give credit to our where it's deserved, our membership has has stood strong and said, hey, this person is making less than I am. I, I, I'm not. I'm not satisfied with that. We we need to lift them up, and and we took that message um, to to all councils a, across the sector, um, and and collectively, you know, they they stood stood firm, even though you didn't have anything to lose because you were you were on the first tier. They they anchored that second tier and stood fast when it came to. Uh, collective bargaining to make sure that everybody shared in the success and did away with the two-tier uh, terrible system that was out there. Uh, it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of work and you've been doing it so well, not just you uh, within the paper sector, but the USW uh, in all of uh, their sectors. Um, so when you eliminate these two-tiered systems, um, obviously you guys have to be persistent and patient because it takes a lot of time. Yes. It takes a lot of effort. Um, and again, true worker unity. I, I want to touch upon that because you gave the example of you and me as workers earlier, right? Sure. Um, yep. Is there sometimes pushback from workers that say, well, wait a minute, I've been here 20 years. Um, or do you find that people uh, people understand that, um, you know, health benefits should be the same for everybody? And if you're there 20 years, you're probably going to be making a higher wage, but it's based on the same contract. And of course, retirement, well, the longer you've been paying into it, the more you're going to get. Yep. But you want that person who starts out 20 years after you or 10 years after you to be able to have those same benefits when they retire. Um, did you did you find pushback um, from uh, worker unity uh, with regard uh, to the two tiered system? Um, or do you find people, you know, come around or is there some pushback from people like, wait a minute, I've been here 20, 30 years, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, there there's the the little pockets that have that conversation, but all in all, it, it's the the entire sector is very supportive. 
also we, you have to realize in the paper sector that that a lot of our mills are are um, in rural towns where um, there's two, three, even four generations of of families that are actually working through these mill systems, right? So so they want to make sure that when they when they retire that they leave a good sound collective bargain agreement a sound structure for their 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 sons daughters cousins you know um grandkids that that are actually going to be coming into this place so so the solidarity behind doing away with the two tier across the system and and in some places resisting it, it is very very sound and overwhelming uh, yeah very much so and i and you know i, I mean you need each other, right? I mean, the new guy needs yes. the wisdom of the worker who's been there longer. And the worker who's been there longer probably has more time off than the newbie. And they need that newbie, you know, to pick up the flack when they're not there. Or if somebody's been there a long time and they're the the foreman or the manager, they, they need that person to not just respect them, but not to feel that they're inferior to them. Um, you know, obviously you want to respect your managers and supervisors, but you want to know that, hey, we're all in the same group, the same team working toward the same goals. Um, there were significant wins in this area in the paper sector, and that yeah. included workers at major paper makers, International Paper, West Rock. Um, talk to us about eliminating some of these unfair systems at International Paper and West Rock and those victories, those wins. Yeah, so so with International Paper, and I hate to go back to the pandemic because I, I, I wish it never took place, but but we capitalize on on the issue of retention and attraction um, because the job market was was so large and and employers over the last two years have have really had to take a second look on on how how they attract and retain the two tier wage system, especially with IP Westrock in Georgia Pacific, was a very big issue because. Those are the the folks coming off the street are the ones that would end up in the two tier wage system and, and and we were able to talk employers into taking a second look for retention and attraction right and laying the foundation for for creating good work and and getting these corporate getting the co- the companies to cooperate with us uh, was was a really good win for us over the last couple of years. Oh, most uh, most definitely. And congratulations on that. Um, so um, summing it up then, uh, you know, it, it, these wins helped with recruitment, helped with retention. It also improves worker morale, right? When you have these wins and, and lays 100%. a firm foundation for the future, not just for the workers, but for the corporations as well. Yep. Yeah. It, it, listen, a happy worker is a productive worker, right? Um, and, and we always say this. We want companies to make money. We want companies to have a future in the industry because if they have a future, our workforce has a future and our union has a future. So so it's we all share sharing the same goal. So these divisive um, items that a lot of these employers uh, had on the table, I'm, I'm glad that they're slowly going away because they, they build morale, right? They, they make you feel good about coming to work and, and earning a good living and being able to to retire with dignity and respect. So those Abs- are all absolutely. Those. And that's the bottom in line. And that's key. USW Vice President Louis Mendoza, thank you so much for all the information, the education on this very important issue. We appreciate you being with us today. Again, folks, check out the website for the USW, USW.org. 
on X and Instagram, X formerly Twitter. Follow them there at Steelworkers. And on Facebook, go and like them, follow them, facebook.com forward slash Steelworkers. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to our executive producer, Marky Mark Grimaldi. And thank you again to our guests, the USW Vice President, Louis Mendoza, and the USW for all they're doing in all these different sectors and industries for these workers, these corporations. And that is good for our nation. <laughs>